everyone, and welcome to episode 15 of season two of the Therapist Run podcast. Thank you so very much for being here, and I hope you're all having a lovely day so far, whether it is the morning, the afternoon, or the evening. Hi, loves. So it's been a very interesting little month um, since I've last spoken to you guys. But firstly, happy December. I literally feel like I was just making New Year's plans three months ago, but you know, that'll happen. Let's let's do a brief little catch-up. So while it's been an interesting month, I feel like my life right now is just constantly changing by the week. I've been doing a lot of writing. I'm in love with the fact that it's freezing cold, and I think I've touched on this before, but a lot of people have seasonal depression where they get super low in the colder months, but I am the opposite. I feel so alive. Like, when I wake up in the morning and I get ready for school, and I'm freezing my non-existent balls off, and I step out the door, and it's even colder. Oh, I love it. I love it so much. Will I be complaining about how cold I am? Yes, but <laughs> I still love it. Um, I've been doing a lot of Christmas shopping. Something I like to do every single year is buy as many of my Christmas gifts from small businesses. So ever since I started working, which was 74 years ago, um, I've been ordering most of my gifts from Etsy, um, which is splendid. And like, I find that a lot of people I talk to, when I tell them I order stuff from Etsy, they're like, oh, that's got to be so expensive, like shipping handmade and stuff. Like, yes, but also, like, Etsy has filters for, like, free shipping, and, like, I live in Canada, so it's very rare that I'll buy from places located outside of Canada sort of deal. And, you know, Etsy has sales, too, and, you know, these are mostly handmade, handcrafted items. Like, obviously, you're going to be paying a little more, but anyway, I digress. Love ordering off of Etsy. So, I've done a lot of my Christmas shopping on there. I've also visited like as many local markets <laughs> as I possibly can, like local Christmas holiday themed markets. And those have just been so much fun to attend. I've got some friends selling at some of them, so it's been really cool to see what they have to sell. But yeah, that's what that's what my little month has been looking like. I hope you guys have had a nice chilly month since we've last spoken and are enjoying the chilly weather just as much as I am. <laughs> um, but today I wanted to talk about a topic that I believe a lot of us students will struggle with, especially I find in this era, <laughs> in this age. Um because something that is even more prevalent than it was before is hustle culture. Um, now, keep in mind, this is coming from someone who grew up, you know, around Western culture. This is so different for my family and my relatives back home in the Philippines, um, I find in Asia mostly. But again, that's I have no research to back that up take all that with a grain of salt. Um, but this is coming from Western culture and kind of what I've seen around me. Um, so as university courses are kind of coming to a close for the semester, um, and as we're very slowly inching towards the end of our semesters in high school, um, you know, people have gone through midterms and people are slowly starting to think about finals and final projects, final whatever. Um, I thought I would talk about overachieving. <laughs> um, 
Now, this is going to feel... This is going to feel different for everyone, as with all my episodes, but some people can't help but feel need to overachieve, and I'll get more into that later. And for some of you guys, maybe this is just, like, in your sport. Maybe you always feel the need to overachieve in a competitive sport, but then at school, it's kind of just like, well, whatever, it's school. Um, And then, again, for others, it could be I need to overachieve in everything, so... Regardless of what overachieving looks like for you, which I will talk about what overachieving can look like for each individual, um, I hope that you can find some value and some advice from today's episode. So let's talk about my background with overachieving and see what rings true for you and, and what you can maybe relate to. I was naturally a pretty jealous kid. I think growing up and kind of once again shifting my mindset to a more gratitude based mindset it's definitely gotten better but naturally (laughs) pretty jealous and I really didn't like losing now I don't really care (laughs) to be honest I think losing adds character um when it comes to sports or any kind of game or just anywhere where you can lose um I think there's something to learn always there but as a kid losing was just not an option regardless of what the context was So, you know, I was in ballet, competitive, swim, and and all that stuff. I also have Asian immigrant parents, (laughs) of course, immigrated from the Philippines. And as I mentioned previously, I don't really know how hustle culture has changed that, what's the word I'm looking for, that area of the world, like it has with Western culture. Naturally, at least Filipinos are pretty hardworking. Um, I find mainly for their families and such. Hardworking kind of just runs in my veins, I find. And especially for my family, it's funny, we'll have relatives tell us that we're the family that sticks up our butts um, because, you know, me and my sibling and my parents are, are pretty hard workers. Um, and that is one way to describe us. You know, maybe we do have sticks up our butts. But anyway, I digress. Once again, grew up with that in me already is is to be a hard worker. But not to confuse being hardworking and, and hard work with overachieving because they can relate to each other, but they are not each other. Moving on. <laughs> Most of my proper overachieving mindset really started in, in middle and early high school. When I was a lot younger, my parents told me I just had to do good in school, right? Like, they're like, we just, like, we want your focus to be school. We want you to do well and graduate with good grades. All of the basic things that, you know, a parent would want for their kid, right? For the most part. So I excelled in everything. I gave my all into everything I did and hoped that I would be allowed to hang out with my friends and do all the things other kids my age were doing without feeling like I had to fight for it. Because, you know, if all my parents wanted was for me to do well in school, and I was, then surely I could enrich my social life as a child, you know? But other factors, such as the fact that most of my friends in elementary and and middle school and and even going into high school were guys, right? And this is something I've touched on a while back in this podcast, I think, but I couldn't tell you why that's a thing. It's probably because I have an older brother and we get along very well. My dad specifically was not a huge fan of that. In Filipino culture, if there's one girl in a group of a bunch of guys 
and they say they're just friends, it's like, yeah, sure. You know what I mean? There was a lot of conflict when I would want to hang out with my friends. It was like, that's weird. That's not allowed. That being said, it's changed a lot as I've gotten older. That is no longer an issue. But it was hard growing up because I saw all of my friends hanging out with, you know, their people, regardless of what gender and now how they identify and such. And they weren't doing great in school. And I was kind of like, well, I'm doing very well in school. Why am I not allowed to spend time with my friends? And when I was allowed, it I had to fight for it. I had to really argue. And it was just emotionally taxing <laughs> is what it was. So that's kind of my background. I still struggle years later with the standards I set for myself, which I will touch on later. This is very important. Yeah, I just feel like pushing myself to do so well in school and in regards to my music, my sport at the time, for me, it was motivation to deserve enriching my social life. Um, and now that's kind of been ingrained <laughs> into my mind that I need to excel, even though now I have the freedom mostly <laughs> to be able to hang out with my friends and see my boyfriend and all that stuff, which I'm very grateful for. But again, that mindset has definitely stuck with me and it causes issues. So then begs the question, why do we overachieve? Because now you guys understand my reason, but what could it look like for you and how can you identify it? So why do we overachieve? Often, it's to prove something. You know, as much as maybe our ego doesn't want us to believe that, when you overachieve and when you excel, when you when you see all of these above average results, people around you see that and you often get praise for it and it makes you feel good about yourself, right? So for me, I wanted to prove to my parents that I was a good student and I was a good kid and I deserved to have the chance to hang out with my friends. And maybe for you guys, it's maybe to prove to a coach, maybe to prove to an instructor of some kind that you have the potential to succeed. And this can also be in relation to getting into a prestigious college or university, right? It's it's proving to them that you should be recruited. We overachieve to also protect ourselves. I've found that in the moments in my life where I felt lost with my identity, I've always turned to overachieving because being good at everything I could be good at kind of felt like a shell I could hide under because maybe that could be my personality, just being great at everything and looking like it came easy, which is so false. <laughs> and, you know, getting good at anything is is rarely ever easy. You know, talent can only take you so far until you have to start really putting in the work, right? And that's why I believe, you know, most famous musicians and artists and such sure they have a talent for what they do but that stuff takes hard work regardless of of how you want to look at it right so sometimes overachieving can be used to hide something can be used to hide insecurity uncertainty um and just being conscious of that fact i hope is is maybe allowing you to ask yourself some questions 
about what might be hidden underneath all your overachieving. And lastly, some of us overachieve because we don't know any better. A lot of us develop the habit and the mindset of overachieving and, and hustle culture young. And once we get into high school, it it doesn't stop, right? And and for some people, even on to post-secondary, where you're almost just chronically overachieving and you expect yourself to do better all the time. And, and you know, I'm kind of like naturally segueing into my next topic here, but we kind of just have this expectation that all of our results need to be quote-unquote A-plus results, you know, above-average results. And when we don't get that, it's detrimental. It, it hurts and it feels like a stab through the heart. So fully delving into our next topic here, which is what does overachieving look like? What can it look like for you? You're just, there's just this constant expectation that you you put on yourself. And again, when you don't reach it, you feel like you lose something and you feel like maybe maybe you're kind of falling off your horse or maybe you feel like you're losing value if you assign value to grades or placement in a competition or anything like that, right? So overachieving can be the obligation to push harder, can feel like the obligation to push harder. Oh, when I was in middle school, I was pretty terrible <laughs> at the clarinet in grade six. Um, and then I decided to join orchestra. And that really, that really put me in my place. It was very humbling. And I decided that I needed to excel because music was also part of school. And if I wasn't doing well in music, then, you know, what was the point of even doing it? because I wanted to be the best at everything I did. And I thought that if there was something else that I was excelling at other than grades, you know, if I could add music to that, then it would give my parents more of a reason to allow me to do more things kind of situation, if that makes sense. So I practiced so much clarinet in middle school. I think I practiced more clarinet in grade seven than I have in all of my high school career. <laughs> um, but I really pushed myself and my face would be so sore every single day because I just kept playing clarinet. I like to think that I, I was kind of put on a pedestal because I, I was I was quite good at the clarinet from, you know, from my reference group. That felt really validating. So this can be the case for you in terms of grades, right? Like if you get a bad grade in math or something and it feels so devastating that you suddenly hyperfixate on math just to kind of quote unquote get back on your horse, right? Overachieving can look like wanting to one up yourself always. I struggle with this a lot. And I think for those of you who can kind of relate to me in the sense that overachieving is just, it's just like chronic at this point, you'll get where I'm coming from here. So, like, I think a great example of this is the transition between middle school and high school, or even the transition between grade 10 and grade 11, um, second year and third year high school. Because when you're used to getting 95% plus in your classes, and suddenly you get into high school, or you get into like grade 11, third year, and you're getting like lower 90s or high 80s, that's just like, okay, wait, pause. I was I was able to get all of these great these great grades before what's what's gone wrong what's happening how can i fix this 
And when you're not able to kind of achieve in the same way you used to, you kind of just feel terrible and you're like, I'm never going to be able to be as good as I once was. And that is so toxic. And there is so much, there's so much to just dig into there because firstly, life gets a bit harder as you as you grow up, you know, regardless of how you want to see it, how you want to interpret that, it, it does because you have more responsibility, you know, in your subjects, you're learning more and it gets more complex and more focused as you, you know, level up in grade and such. Naturally, you know, you're going to slip a little bit because if you're used to getting these great grades younger, well, I mean, compare what the work used to look like and compare what else was happening in your life, right? What what else were you focusing on back then and what are you focusing on now? People are changing, you know, we're not static. And I think that's something that a lot of people need to understand. We're never going to just be one person, right? We we evolve all the time and especially as teenagers in this stage of our lives, we are changing by the day, right? So allow yourself that flexibility and allow yourself to fall and you can learn from that, right? You can learn about yourself in the way that you can recognize your overachieving and and recognize that, hey, maybe this isn't worth it. Once again, these smooth segues into my next topic, my goodness. (laughs) Um, But to kind of sum that all up, a lot of people who overachieve and who get eaten up by, by hustle culture and stuff have a damaged self-perception. And that's what makes, you know, hustle culture so damaging for some people. I will say, personally, hustle culture is not what dug me into my hole of overachieving. I've told you guys a story, you know my story, but for me, hustle culture was almost a push because, like a healthy push, not an unhealthy push, but seeing so many other people giving their all to whatever they were doing was really motivating for me to, you know, give my all and and kind of romanticize it. But it never got unhealthy. For a lot of people, they see, I'm just going to use like the it girl, the girl (laughs) example. What some people will not understand is that, you know, we're not all machines. Not everyone can work like that in a way that's healthy. The people posting that stuff are probably not healthy and are probably selling a fake image, right? And that's what social media is. We know that. I'm not going to baby talk you guys. You know that, right? It's just hard. Like, I know people close to me that get devoured by hustle culture because they so desperately want to fit into this, again, this fake image being sold because it makes them feel validated. It makes them feel like they have purpose and such. And that to me is very sad. And if, you know, I could find a way, if we could find a way to just show those people that there's so much more to yourself than constantly working and getting these crazy results, you know, I just think things can be different for those people. This took me a long time to learn as well, so I'm I'm one to talk, right? But that that's that's where I'm gonna leave those two subjects there. So let's let's get into some more some more happy <laughs> some more happy talk. So 
how can we get over this? How can we let go of the standards that we hold for ourselves and this idea that we constantly need to be overachieving? I ask you guys to ask yourself this question. What do you personally get out of your A-plus results, your above-average results? Is it praise? Is it a rush of dopamine that then crashes right back down because you need to focus on one-upping yourself and doing the next best thing? What is it that you get from these results? And is it worth it? right? Because for me, it was 100% that rush of dopamine. When I saw that A+, when I got those outstanding grades, I was on cloud nine for maybe one day. And then it was like, okay, I have these papers due. It's time to give those my all, right? I never gave myself enough time to celebrate my accomplishments. And this was something that was brought up to me very young in counseling, is that you know, celebrating your your victories is just as important as, as reaching those victories, right? So my advice to those of you who feel that way is to consider building a routine that can regulate your serotonin and can, you know, regulate your dopamine rushes. For me, that's stretching in the morning. It immediately makes me feel happier. And when I'm happier, it's easy for me to get in the zone and get work done, right? If I am constantly burned out and constantly just giving all of my brain power to this stupid paper or this stupid project, this silly homework, then, you know, is it really worth that one day of of happiness that I got that A+, probably not, right? Another question I want you to ask yourself, which is very broad and very general, but in relation to overachieving and hustle culture is, are you happy? You know, you're getting all of these great results and you're doing the thing, but does it make you happy? Is the process happy for you and are the results worth it once again? If not, what can you do to achieve emotional abundance? For me, again, I can't stress it enough. It's routine. You've got to build a routine that you can rely on every single day to keep you on track and to keep you in the zone. I'm going to be honest with you guys. I've definitely fallen out of routine in many aspects of my life in the past little bit. But even keeping one thing consistent, for me, it's always been journaling, keeps me grounded and it keeps me in check to be able to achieve everything I want to achieve in a healthy way. So I don't want to overwhelm you guys with, you know, suggestions and and how how we can get over overachieving because I think those questions are are really enough to get you to work on it yourself. Because as much as I wish I could I could help fix all of our overachieving problems, it comes from the inside, right? So it comes from you and you have to want to fix that. And I highly recommend finding a way to want to fix that because I feel so much better about my work ethic and what I achieve now. Do I achieve the same grades in math that I did two years ago? No. (laughs) Am I happier overall? Yes, I'm so much happier and that's what matters to me and that's what I prioritize. And I highly recommend you guys prioritize your happiness and your emotional well-being too. So with that, 
thank you so much for tuning in, you guys. <laughs> Hopefully, this was a valuable episode. For those of you who might not even be crazy overachievers, I hope I can kind of give you that emphasis and that push to even just build a nice daily routine for yourself to keep yourself happy and to regulate all of those happy chemicals in your brain. Um, I have an episode on that, by the way. <laughs> Scroll up and, and check that out. But once again, thank you so much, you guys. And I, I can imagine I'll be seeing you guys and talking to you guys before Christmas. Um, so I'll see you then. Until then, please take care. <laughs>